This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. Right now, we are going to be going into one of New Zealand's biggest, well, newest big bands, biggest hits. I don't know how to describe them. They're probably one of my favorite bands that have just released their first single at the moment. This is Soft Bay. I was able to sit down with Patrick, uh, the guitarist for good old soft bait and pick his mind about the what goes on around the backgrounds and stuff going into their new album the single that they released called big um how they formed and stuff like that because funny enough i know one of the members because he was a tattoo artist down here now currently based up in auckland a two-hand tattoo so it was cool like kind of having that second degree connection with them all and stuff like that finding out some background info and like even then, talking about some other bits and pieces around connection to the need and stuff like that. So, I'm going to quick quit my rambling and let you guys listen in to my chat with Patrick from Softbait regarding their new single, Big, which will be coming up right after this interview. So, keep it locked to the one. It's a pleasure to meet you, Patrick. Um, how are you guys going? Yeah, well, really good, man. Um, I think we've had a pretty uh, positive kind of week since we've launched our um, first single. Um, and, yeah, just kind of it feels really good to finally uh, have something out there. It's been, you know, a year or so in the making, so it just feels mm. good to have people kind of respond to it. Yeah, and before we go into depth about um, everything regarding softbeat, I want to know, a who are you, and more or less, what is Softbait for you as a band as well? Yeah, um, so myself, Patrick, um, uh, we've got Josh on vocals and guitar as well, I'm on guitar, uh, Cameron McIntosh on drums, and uh, Ezra on bass, um, and as a four-piece, we uh, do quite, um, we kind of put ourselves as kind of post-punk, um, and kind of definitely a sound that's kind of evolving for us but it's definitely in that kind of gothic post-punk um cues mm. from a lot of bands in the uk right now like um you know squid or shame or beak and just like you know there's a lot of exciting music happening that's kind of pushing that sort of uh, envelope and those sorts of yeah. bands we like but you came back in 2020 and yeah. of course you were with ezra in a band previous and yeah. i want to know like coming back what was your intention prior to Softbait? Because, of course, like, with music and everything, um, were you like, all right, let's just see where it goes, or were you like, this is the sound definitively that I want to do from this influence of this UKC? Um, yeah, interesting. So I had, I'd been writing a bunch when I was over there, and I came back, and, yeah, like you said, I had been in uh, a band with Ezra, and uh, I'd be talking to him about wanting to start a project and I kind of had two kind of paths that it could have gone in um, and one was more kind of crouchy and a bit more kind of psychedelic and the other one was a bit more post-punky and it actually was quite hard to pin down Ezra because he's a very busy, busy guy at the moment. Mm. So um, I, through a friend, got um, put in touch with Josh um, and she, she was like, oh, you, you and Josh get along really well. He's looking to kind of do some music. And he, um, both Josh and, yeah. and from Dunedin, which I am too, actually. So that was kind of fortuitous that, like, you know, we, we kind of got together with Josh. And then 
I started jamming with Josh and it very quickly, you know, because I write melodic, not lyrically. So it was great for mm-hmm. Josh to come in and he had these, like all these ideas that he'd been jotting down over the past kind of three or four years because for him, he hadn't been playing for a few years as well. So he kind of had these things he'd been writing down that he had kind of got off his chest. So there's this kind of backlog of stuff that he um, could bring to the table quite immediately. And so that, along with some of the ideas I had, kind of just very quickly formed what the softbait sound is now. And yeah, Cam came, came on drums and we had another bassist for a little bit and it was really hard to pin bassist down. And then uh, I, obviously with pandemic, not being able to play shows, but being able to kind of see each other, um, I just put a line in the sand and said, right, we've just got to record this and just like make sure, it, make it feel like it's kind of a thing and happening because otherwise it just felt like we were just kind of, you know, I really wanted to try to progress this project. And so yeah. um, two weeks before recording, I gave Ezra a message and was like, hey, do you just want to play bass on the record? You know how I write, you know, we're still like really good friends. And so he said yes to that and he came and he did the recording and actually added a lot to the recording as well and then it's just kind of evolved from there um as us four yeah i want to know where does softbait as like a name come from especially like because a lot of the time like when someone thinks of bait it's fishing and stuff like that of course right so yeah i want to know like how do you generate that (laughs) was it you was it like when you came back uh, it was a group of friends sitting around one evening going, man, we really need to come up with that name. And it was, I don't know, late. And it, it just, the soft bait got said by my friend Sam Shepard, a long distance runner. And he, so actually all credit goes to him. Um, it just kind of stuck. And it was like, honestly, one of the hardest things is trying to come up with like an original band name something that sticks that's kind of short and punchy I quite like it because it's got like this short and sharp mm-hmm. uh, nature to it but also has this kind of like soft and hard um, feel yeah but well even then it's alluring <laughs> yeah <laughs> I want to know like especially working with Ezra musically past present all that how was like filming the music video because of course that has been something that is extremely been pivotal for you guys because the quality has been amazing like a lot of people have gravitated towards it like where did you guys film like how much time did you guys prep for it so it's like one of those things as well like very fortunate that we're now kind of at a sort of age where you know we're both, we're all kind of in creative industries and kind of have a bit more time to think about what we want to do and execute. <laughs> we also don't have any money. <laughs> Everything we've done so far you know, is um, just out of our own pocket. Um, so we've just kind of had to pull some favours. Obviously, a great Ezra film videos, which is yeah. huge, positive. Um, I work in design, graphics design stuff. So that kind of elements has helped bring it together but um for the video um we we just we just yeah put set of money aside just to shoot it on film do that black and white it's the cheapest way we can do film and that's what Ezra is doing so we're like all right we've got this parameters it's black and white we actually only have eight minutes of footage that we bought 
So we can only shoot for eight minutes for this whole music video. Um, and the whole thing was really centered around the, um, the venue, the scene, um, which is a friend's parents' house. And so they have this like, <laughs> kind of dive bar looking setup in their garage that is just like, so incredible. It was like filled with American like, memorabilia and like a pool table and like, yeah, as you can see in the video, but I just knew it would be such a great and uh, easy location that you know, I could pull a favor and ask to use. And yeah. we don't have to set up anything else, it's just there. We just wear some costumes and we kind of come up with this little narrative that um, brings it along. Um, but yeah, totally was just like getting friends in. It was just us there shooting, Ezra shooting it. We, he was in shot, I just took the camera and, um, and we spent the day, but yeah, only only had eight minutes of footage. So it was like testing, it was like, uh, do it once without shooting it, do it again, and we're like, all right, shoot it, and then there's, you know, there's no coming back after that. Yeah. Well, even then, that's amazing here, only using eight minutes of time <laughs> and like pulling it off, pulling off this like cohesive narrative. Oh, there was no second take. So, yeah. You know, actually, when it came to editing, it was super simple because, you know, it was what we had. There was only like so much you could kind of do with it. But uh, it's kind of nice to give yourself those parameters and those kind of restrictions mm-hmm. to, to get things done. Mm. And so, with the band, like, of course, once you had everything formed, you guys recorded, but you also had Peter Riddell uh, from Sulfate help produce yeah. this album. And I want to know, like, what was it like working with him? He's definitely the kind of guy that is the person, especially to help with your vision of this band, but it's like being involved with him and also the whole entire Flying Nun crew and yeah. backing behind Flying Nun. Yeah, I mean, I had met Peter when I moved back from the UK and I was just through <laughs> just going to gigs and stuff in Auckland. Um, and, and I knew, yeah, I got chatting, I knew he had just like a little bit of a home studio vibe that he had set up. And um, obviously, I fucking love Wax Shadows and Solvay and what they're doing, the sound that he's into. And I just was talking to him about um, the project and kind of um, that you know we've been jamming a bunch. We was trying to work out what the next step was, and that we always couldn't play shows. And so I was kind of wanting to start recording, and then talking about whether it's worth just like recording a couple of songs or just committing straight to a full album, um, because we kind of had the content there. We had enough. We had nine songs kind of pretty much written, and yeah, he was really good at just kind of. Talking, us, talking me through that and just being like really um, advocating just going straight into the album um, and then yeah when it actually came to recording it was a really nice space again like I said we, we've had no no backing and no money so it was you know what we could do and it was nice because it was in his home sort of setting and, and space so we're not having to pay for a big fancy studio to, to get it done um, and Again, kind of time limits, like even though it took us a year um, to get it finished, we actually only did like seven or eight days in the studio. Yeah. Um, so everything again was quite like having to make make decisions. And it was just great because he's just super calm and just like, just could 
trust all those little decisions throughout the process of um you know anything that came up we would try and resolve it in you know a matter of kind of minutes we weren't really like this isn't an album that's been labored and labored and labored over minute little things you know we did um three days when we first got into the studio and we live tracked the night songs so that was drums done after those um over those three days and the bass apart from like one or two songs we had a retrack but the bass was done oh, wow. um and then we had after those three days we, had, we went back into another lockdown so we couldn't do anything for six months yeah but we had these like live recording of the whole album and so <laughs> that actually gave us the six months we couldn't change really the structure because the, the bones were there and we weren't planning on changing it but we did have that time for thinking about like overdubs of synth guitars um josh vocally had that time to kind of think a bit more about it um but yeah i definitely sat that six months of lockdown just like um chucking in those live recordings and tableton and just playing around with some ideas so then when we came back into the studio and had those um, four days um we you know had had definitely um some clearer idea yeah. of what we get out of especially especially those extra parts of like keys and synth parts that we have added into the uh, record yeah it allowed you that time to like kind of recontextualize everything reflect on it like especially in a live sense mm. and then be able to all right you know we can do this live but then it's like all right how can we do this also enhance this recording of it correct yeah exactly yeah and yeah again so yeah it's been you know, it's been a long process for us to get to where we are it was you know just over a week of recording so there wasn't a mm-hmm. lot of <laughs> not a lot of retakes and uh, yeah it's really kind of just all of us there coming up with like we're say we're on guitar tones do a couple and then we're like yeah that sounds great cool do it move on to the next thing and it was kind of yeah it's kind of a nice um way to approach the first album i think i don't think yeah if we labored over too much then um yeah, I just I don't feel like that this was the right kind of approach. It was like, okay, we're committing this album. Let's just kind of do what all of us as a group can do in this time frame and this kind of with these restrictions. And um, yeah, just fortunate we could do it in a space that was more affordable. God, yeah, no, that's amazing. Like with your design background, I want to know, like especially for I guess since we haven't seen, I'm assuming that the main cover for the album is going to be similar to the lead single cover for Big. I want to know, like, what was your design approach for that and, like, yeah, trying to create something post be a little bit different. Um, it's kind of got the same kind of vein, but um, mm-hmm. uh, Josh has actually done a painting that, um, Oh! That. So it's a bit more gestural, but it has some graphic element to it. Um, yeah, I just like that kind of real early um, punk aesthetic and just kind of stripping it back to kind of that screen print style um, yeah. and just like super 
simple from from the outset, but definitely has been considered, and that was kind of what I was really um, trying to get out of that first one is just like be bold with colour and just like be a bit ambiguous with what it is as well. It's just like mm-hmm. a big steel pipe. Like it doesn't need to be too much more for someone to read into it. They can read into it if they want, but like it's just like yeah. and I'm wanting to just like present an object in a way that um, is simple but um, has that kind of graphic feel of, of um, yeah, having that graphic element that reflects the sound of the actual single itself. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's mm. a pretty, pretty loud, uh, noisy track. <laughs> really excited to really perform it live now so people can really see what we're um, really about. Mm. And now, just before I let you go, speaking of performing it live, you guys have announced at least three days up in mm. the North Island so far. One mm. with you opening for Louisa Nicklin. Yeah. And then also with Coizilla and Night Lunch for the the Nightzilla album release. And then also a singular show. That's another open. Yeah, and I want to know, it's like now being able to perform it, how does it feel? Like after this year of labor, tinkering around, creating this band from the ground up, like creating this whole entire force music video and of course now seeing the response and stuff how does it feel to be able to have that opportunity without any restrictions whatsoever being able to yeah, perform that I mean, it's, it's gonna feel great it's still it's still in that um, still feels like I know uh, yeah like you said all this kind of time and energy and effort and we haven't performed yet so there's this <laughs> weird kind of like feeling that like uh it's not a real thing until we play live but I know yeah. it definitely is and we've jammed heaps but it's just gonna once we play that first show it's gonna really just feel like this whole project's been worth it you know and putting all this time and coming up to this point because that was the whole thing it was like because we couldn't play live what else can we do to make this project happen and it's kind of meant that it was really built us up a, lot, a good foundation now we have you know these nine tracks to start putting out throughout this year and which will hopefully help us get you know more gigs um and more traction to play around new zealand oh well yeah we're going to be excited to see you down here yeah we'll we'll absolutely be um putting that one in the diary for sometime this year once again patrick it's pleasure to meet you it's been an amazing time talking to you and hearing yeah yeah a lot about soft Thanks for listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.